of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a step into their shoes. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but as a mindset coach, what inspires me more is their backstory and their mindset on how they got there. Today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. We have somebody that I call my sister from another mister. We are online social media besties. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I feel like we've met in another life. (laughs) Um, Kim Mason, she is a social influencer, but she is also a mom, an amazing human being, and a lover of God. And that is why I love her. So Kim, welcome. Thank you for having me, McKinney. I really appreciate it. And uh, trust me, the feelings are equal. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So for those that don't know, can you break down what a social influencer is? A social influencer is basically someone who uses their um, network or platform to influence the masses um, via their ideas, their trends, um, and just their ideology. And um, being a social influencer is something that many people don't realize they already are, even if it's on a lower scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I will be asking all of my guests is, you know, because our, our name, you know, the title that our parents gave us at birth came with a meaning. So do you know what your name means? It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my full name is Kimberly. And when I look it up, this is like old English. Um, so I'm biracial. My mom's family, um, literally her grandmother was from England and um, her grandfather is from Germany. And um, yeah, it means absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, although online it means absolutely nothing to many, it means absolutely everything. Because if I mention Kim to people, they're like, Kim, Kim who? Kim Mason? Yes, Kim online, okay? (laughs) How do you decide what to share and what not to share on social media? Because you know, I'm inspired that you've shared your journey with us for so long. You know, so I'm always sort of conflicted, you know, do I share or do I just keep it to myself? Because mm-hmm. there is freedom in sharing, but there's also strength in privacy. Yes. Right. And it just depends on um, what perspective you look, look at, you know, and I think for different times in your life, will require a different response. Let's take Beyonce, one of my homegirls in my head, for example. (laughs) For a long time, she kept her life private and um, infidelities, as we now know, private. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there came a time in her life where she could no longer be quiet about it. And um, she voiced her opinion. And even though she didn't come out, she waited for her husband to come out and confirm that mm-hmm. this is just no longer music, right? That this mm-hmm. is really my wife. Um, this was really my wife, you know, telling a story about our marriage, you know, in, in form of poetry. Mm-hmm. He responded when she felt that it was good for her to respond. And so um, 
for me personally, at that moment, um, and I know a lot of women who are going to be listening to this are going to be able to relate with the fact, especially if they're moms, that when something tragic happens, let's say a divorce or someone cheats on you or whatever it may be mm-hmm. um, that caused something devastating or traumatic to happen to your life, you still have to be a mother. Mm-hmm. That's right. You still have to wake up. You still have to go to work. You really don't have a moment to grieve. You almost have to keep marching forward wounded like a soldier. Yeah. And um, it's painful, but it's the hat that we wear as mothers. We we, we have to strengthen ourselves. And um, one of the decisions that I made was to just be open, right? Mm -hmm. I had been with the same person for years and years and years and years. He was on everything, you know, Um, and... And um, when that changed, what I decided to do was to not talk about him because that was a really big deal for me um, in healing was that I was not going to be like one of those angry women who just said everything, but that I was going to be the woman who just says, hey, this happens and I'm going to survive and you guys are going to watch me survive through this. And not only am I going to survive, but I'm going to thrive and that my latter days, you know, will be my best days. And so I chose to become very public about that. I chose to become public with revamping my life. Mm -hmm. I I chose to be public and and not put the focus on what ended my marriage or even that the marriage ended, but that I was in a new chapter. And that although um, it was feeling like I was starting from the bottom emotionally, like everything, Mm -hmm. when you marry someone and it ends and you invest, so I, I invested my whole adult life and the same person. You mm-hmm. have to relearn who you are. Yes. Because um, I, I didn't know who I was aside of him. I had never been an adult without him, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had to realize, who am I? What do I like? You know, if he's not a part of that equation anymore, what, it, what are all of these things? And, and then I decided that there was freedom in that as well. And um, my gift is sharing. My gift yeah. is sharing. You know, I don't mind sharing with people anything if I think it's going to help them. And I said, you know, as I go through this process of fixing myself, you know, I can't have a, a friendship with everyone, mm-hmm. but I can I can throw a stone in the water and it can make a ripple effect that can heal other women if I just let them see me fix myself. Yes. And that's what I did. You know, I think that is part of the reason why I resonated with you so well online. Your authenticity, uh, your your transparency, the boldness in in how you share your story and being able to persevere and push through completely resonates with who I am and what actually started my journey of, you know, being open. Like the whole A Walk in My Stilettos, even that started from me just sharing my story, you know, A Walk in My Shoes. And Mm -hmm. in my my first book, um, A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace, I talk about things the same way how you just explain it, where I don't focus on what he did or or what happened but it's that I got through it and that I'm still able to not just survive but to thrive and especially as being a mother because (laughs) there are there have been many days where I'm in my feelings and I don't want to do something but I have dependents I have dependents that need to eat Mm -hmm. I have dependents that need to be dropped to school I have dependents that need me to show up for you know volunteer at school um, mm-hmm. so we don't have, we don't have that, that luxury. We have mm-hmm. to make that decision to be better examples for our children and to move forward. Um, a lot of times 
women pass up or can't they can't even get the opportunity to have something that they are praying for because they're blocking everything that God wants to sing yeah. you yeah. because of distractions, yes. because of some fling, some situationship you're holding on to. And so your your visibility is just skewed because you can't even see anything clear because you're so distracted by what you're holding on to, something that's not even real. Not every woman aspires to be a wife, and that's okay. But my message is to know who you are and to not budge. That, like, okay, so everything that you just said is a perfect example of what many women need to be doing if they want to be in a relationship. One, we attract who we are. A lot of women don't like to hear that because they're like, well, I'm attracting all these bad guys, and you know, they have all these titles for them. But if that's what you're accepting and that's what subconsciously you're thinking of yourself that's what you're attracting we don't attract anything that we're not in harmony with and for Mm -hmm. you to even be in a place where you have that positive self-image and self-confidence that when that man comes to you you're not you know you don't have your wall up so high that you're knocking him down that he can't even climb that wall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I I think I think that's beautiful right Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. I know good fathers I know good Mm -hmm. husbands but what I also in my stance has not changed at all is that human beings are human beings we are flawed Mm -hmm. um and anybody can good people make mistakes Mm -hmm. good people make mistakes um and that goes for women or men you know i think about when reading any holy scripture that there were prophets you know god's elite who Mm -hmm. fell short Mm mm-hmm and um, who just really good people who, but just, they just fell short to the, the whispers of Shaitan, which is Satan. Um, and we all get them, you know, and it, and it doesn't start off at once. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off as just an idea. And then, you know, it's like a tree in the garden of Eden, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't come and say, eat it and everything's going to be good. No, he placed an idea and, and the best of people, if they aren't, um, you know, if they aren't really guarding themselves, can fall. Um, and, and I just always take that stand. So I don't put people in this place as if they are demigods. Mm-hmm. I am well aware that even the best of people could potentially make a mistake. And that could be me um, being a realist, um, or it could just be a layer of protection because mm-hmm. I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, that is my stance on men and people in general, that the best of us can make a mistake. But what it does is it allows me to be in a space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ladies, that does not mean, you know, God bless her, Brandy. We all saw that clip where her husband cheated like 50 sometimes in their marriage and like 300 and something times before that. Oh, right? Um, and she's like on the show, I don't know, a reality TV show I don't watch, but. I do tune into the shade room, so I'm <laughs> and, um, and I do know her from social media, you know, being a follower. And so, you know, when I saw the, you know, Aliana fix my life clip, I was like, wowzers, you know. So there's a difference between, you know, maybe someone, you know, like I hear different stories of people, and I'm like, that's not really a deal breaker. Like sometimes, you know, when we've been hurt, we are so exhausted. Mm-hmm. emotionally from being hurt 
that the next guy we get with is like, you can't do anything wrong or you can go. I know my worth, you know, and it's like, take it down <laughs> But that's not. not fair. Take it yeah. down yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so and so what that does mean is that I allow for people to be human. Um, I don't, I do my best not mm-hmm. to retreat to that shell of protection that says, I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to tolerate that, you know, and it's sometimes minor things, but we, we become so protective of ourselves yes. once we've been hurt that sometimes we can hold men in general to unrealistic standards. Yes. And we know someone can love us, but can they truly love our kids? And as a woman, yes. we want to know, can they love them enough to really have a real relationship with them and guide them? And will my yes. children truly click with them and bond with them? And will this really truly feel like a family or will this feel like something pieced together and blended, which is not what we want. And let me just go back to this. When you've been hurt, you sometimes dumb down to what you want because you're mm-hmm. scared to ask for anything because you don't want it. It's like, if I expect too much, then I may get hurt. But if I expect a little, then it's less likely that I'll be disappointed. And so mm-hmm. you, you start to have thoughts as a single mother, like, well, if he just doesn't cheat, you know, well, mm-hmm. if he just, you know, like if he just doesn't cheat, he comes home at night, like the bare <laughs> minimum, you know, and he shows up for, for family functions he's a good guy and it's like no no you know what I'm saying like that's called common decency it's common decency you know something that's taught in Islam is that the woman who is divorced will be highly taken care of Mm. highly taken care of that if you are ever divorced that 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 Allah goes out of his way to provide for that woman and her children I'm like I have goosebumps as you're talking because like I said, we are like online besties. I, you know, I, I feel like I know you, like we hang out yes. online. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> it's like, girl, what's up? What's going on? You know, we sit that all the time. <laughs> but right now, like the goosebumps that I have because our lives are so similar. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to um, even do this podcast was because I learned after sharing my story in my book, how similar as women we really are. And that a lot actually, you know, we keep our stories to ourselves and think, you know, things should be kept behind closed doors and what have you, but realizing that we are, we are so much more alike than we, we realize. And I'm yeah. listening to you and I'm thinking one, my, my boyfriend is amazing with my children and I never thought I would ever experience this because I've, I've dated guys where they were only interested in me. And then, you know, they'd say hi yeah. and bye to my kids. And this man, you know, he's mm-hmm. built individual relationships with each of my children. So he has his individual bond with them. Yeah. You know, he, he'll drive them to school. He will drive them to work. He will, you know, do things for them that I feel so blessed. How many children do you have? Can you share? Yes, I have five. Okay, and do you mind sharing their ages? No, I don't mind. They're 19, 15, 14, 12, and 9. I have awesome. four girls and one son. Awesome, awesome. So, okay, so how do you feel being a mother has impacted how you do business? It, it has, it's everything. Uh, it's everything. It just is. It, they are the reasoning why I even decided to go hard in the beginning. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some people, there are some mothers who just don't do great in business. You know, they may have little certain business ventures that they do and, you know, they just don't take it seriously. Or you see certain mothers that are struggling. Um, 
So just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you're going to go hard. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you, there has to be that certain something that's already in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a decision, honestly. Um, I was a teen mom, and I've had to use welfare. You know, as a young mom, it was just like, that is what was taught to me. You know, it was just like, oh, you're having a baby. So, you know, you you just turned 16. So go to social services. They're going to yeah. give you da 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 I had you that. Know, I, I, like, I, okay. I <laughs> you know, my, I'm young. I don't know. 17. Yep. Yep. And I'm just like, okay, so they're going to give me free food, free baby milk, and free health insurance. <laughs> okay. You know, and, and I don't know any better. So I just go into a system. Mm-hmm. And I just remember um, that was 15. And, and, and I think great things happened in 10. Oh, God, I think God is about to make me really, like, pull some things together as I'm talking to you. <laughs> like, I'm not a planner. Like, literally everything I do is really raw and authentic. So everything, I'm, as I'm looking over, happens great in 10. So at at 15, I found out I was pregnant and I had to start using government assistance, um, mm-hmm. you know, through my pregnancy and things like that. My, my parents couldn't afford to have a pregnant person on their stuff, not when the state can do it for free. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but then at 25, I found out I was having my fifth child and um, that was 10 years. That's a 10 year gap. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that I realized something's wrong. You know, if I can be mm-hmm. wide open, I was on my fifth child. I was on the fourth dad, you know, who winded up being my first husband. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, and I was like, something's wrong, you know, but it's what I had saw. I have two other siblings. We all have different dads. None of us really have any relationship with any of them. It's what I was kind of groomed into yep, thinking it was normal. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I just didn't yeah. think anything was normal. But at 25, I said, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. I'm 25. This is baby number five. Mm-hmm. And I said, something's wrong. And, I, and, and, like, when I realized something was wrong, the first thing that usually happens when you realize that it's your choices. That, now, we can, we can say, yeah, my environment. Yeah, that was probably the root of it, right? Yeah, right. But then we hit 18, and then it's our choice. That's right. Right? And I realized that from the time I was 18, I had been choosing. Mm-hmm. And I hit rock bottom when I realized that the life that I was living, which was really hard, it yep. was hard. I, let me tell you, my friends who had less kids or no kids, they were out doing stuff that twenty early 20 people do. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was, you know, scrounging around for a baby shower. <laughs> selfish as hell, okay? Because <laughs> rightfully so, I'm still a youngin', you know? Yeah, I still yeah. was a kid. I never really grew up. And so selfish, just wanting to go out on the weekends, you know, barely doing what was necessary for me to be a parent. And I just hit rock bottom because I, I, I felt like for a moment that I had ruined my whole life because that's mm-hmm. what sometimes it feels like. And I, mm-hmm. I fell into a depression. Um, you know, I became suicidal. Wow. And um, I was like, I, I was like, okay, I am a mother, you know, and there, and that's what I mean, what I said earlier about those whispers of shaitan, you know, when you're in, Satan doesn't strike you when you're strong, right? Mm-hmm. It's like pointless. He, yep. he just lurks around. He lurks around almost like a buzzard when he's waiting for the right moment. Dead or injured. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for that crack to down seep in. He sees that you've fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so it was at that weak moment that I can start to hear those whispers of they'll be better off without you. 
you know, and I remember just being at my lowest and just saying that there has to be something that's stronger than me right now. You know, that's when I really started to look for God because I did not grow up with God in our house. Right. And I remember saying that something has to be stronger than me because right now I'm not it. Right. And I need to find what that is because I'm not going to make it. You know, like I was not going to make it. I was scared of myself. And so I started searching and, um, and I was at 25 and I was still on welfare and I was making $30,000 a year with five kids. And, um, Fast forward, I'm 35, 10 years later. I make six figures. I still have no college degree. I dropped out of high school. Somebody saw fit that this mess of a woman, because I was a mess, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. God just literally gripped up and said, my love is is sufficient. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been a 10-year journey of coming up from that spot where I was literally flat on my face, crying with a gun in my hand, ready to take my life. Wow. And that was me 10 years ago. And um, and I look oh. now and I don't even recognize that that woman who laid on the floor weeping her Amen. eyes. God. Amen. I don't even recognize her. And that is the beauty of God's love is that he literally picks you up. He washes you up. And when he forgives you, he forgets it. And so yes. you, you yes. truly forgive yourself. Yes. I, you know, I, I always say God isn't looking for perfect people. He's looking for passionate people. And the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, he's able to use you and turn your life around and make you an example for other women to be able to inspire other women and empower other women to do great things in their relationship, in their family, in their, you know, financial situations. It's stories like yours that will inspire other women to do better and, and come up out of the situations that they're in. It's not the stories mm-hmm. of the, the perfect woman who has never dealt with hardship. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's beautiful that you've allow God to use you and to be an instrument to inspire other people. So, you know, that leads to my next question is, you know, many people are afraid to be so transparent on the internet, especially dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, the trolls and what have you, yeah. um, but you, <laughs> you post such positive and, you know, motivational content, like what inspires you uh, to share your, your personal moments online? Um. So there are occasional trolls. I will say that there are some people in this world who are just not happy. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, they're just not happy for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And they question anything that could be good because they can't see anything good at that point in their life. Right. Um, and, you know, does it feel good when people say mean things? No. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've been called worse by better people. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, you know, um, honestly, for me, when you have a reason why, it makes it easier to push past the things that sting a little bit in life. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I share so openly is because I know that I'm helping someone when I post. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, that's bigger than my ego It's bigger than my pride. It's bigger than perhaps the humiliation or the judgment that may be uh, being passed on me as Mm -hmm. someone reads, you know, because I know people chatter, you know, and and maybe say things like, you know, sometimes it's just crazy. Some people will have something to say about you even being positive. I remember it got back to me. um, I had made a group for brand new Muslims on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I thought, you know, I am new to Islam, and I know that I desired a place where I could connect with people who understood what I was feeling, what I was going through, a place where, you know, that women could not feel by themselves. 
And I remember just making it. It hadn't even been up a whole two weeks, girl, and the trolls were ready. And they got back to me that basically I was just, like, making that group so that I can, like, sign people to business with me. And it crushed me so that, honestly, I closed it, and I went into a shell, and I said, I don't want any of these women around me with their crazy, jealous, and religious, you know, judgmental, you know, I just totally went to a shell, and I was like, you guys go that way. Mm-hmm. Right, because whoever it was was in the group, and they had took taken screenshots. And Obviously, it to somebody. Yep, else. yep, yep. Yeah. People like that, and you know, distractions and and discouragement. They all come to deter you from your purpose. Um, yeah, and I, and I hope and, that you make the decision to reopen that group for those that and, you know, need the space. Eventually, I absolutely will. But I felt to myself, you know what? Let me get my feet down in this good. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I will dip back around because, you know, this is a time where I'm learning. And and by all means, like, I'm not always the teacher, right? Like, I'm right. not the center of attention, but I know how to bring a crowd together. Right. And I thought, how great would it be for me to invite some actual real teachers, right? Right. Um, and just, I, I, I bring a crowd, you know, that is a part of my gifting, you know. It, yeah. it's, even if I don't try, I do it. People always recognize me <laughs> even when I try to be quiet. And um, and I thought, well, why don't I use that to just help some people who are really struggling? And I know that there is still a need for that because I get so many Muslim women who are either new to Islam or um, who have just been Muslim for a while who struggle in certain areas, um, and, and they reach out to me. And so I know that that is a need, and that is definitely something that I'm looking forward to putting together in the near future. Good, good. I mean, I've I've always admired your relationship with God, and I've watched you share your spiritual walk online. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your evolution and what inspired you to become a believer in the Islamic faith? Sure. Um, so like I said, from the time, honestly, that I was young, I knew that there was something you know as human beings it's something we can't we cannot put into words but we know mm-hmm. we just know um and and the reason that is is because as human beings like some people say i don't know what my purpose is i don't know what my purpose is what was i born to do mm-hmm. all of us were born to worship yes that's it yeah that is your sole purpose in life is to worship Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the reason why you always have a tugging on you when, especially when things go bad, you you feel the desire, you know, to run to something spiritual to renew yeah. and restore you, because innately we were designed by a creator, and our genes are everything in our being does just cannot ignore it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember being really young and having absolutely no connection at all. Like there was literally zero discussion of God in our house. And so that's why I know it's been God who has been tugging on me all my life. And I remember being 12 years old and literally dreaming about the end of the world, like what it was going to look like, like resurrection day. Mm. And um, I dreamt the exact same dream twice. And it was like really deep and really scary for a 12 year old who knew nothing about anything scripturally. And I literally dreamt the mark of the beast and insertion of chips. Oh, wow. And, and in, in the dream, both times, I, as a, and I was a child in my dream, obviously, as well. And I remember, um, like, you could barely breathe. And the only way, it, like, 
it was no other way to survive unless you accepted this. And they talk about that, too. If you are spiritual, you know that, that there will become a time where you can't even survive if you have these certain devices, right? Right, right. And in my dream, that's what happened. And and literally, um, right there, they were trying to insert this chip in me. I was like, fighting and I and I refused it and I was taking my last breath and I woke up the exact same dream twice and and that was like in my mind even to this day was my confirmation that 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 was God bringing me to him you know mm-hmm. God chooses mm-hmm. who he wills mm-hmm. yeah. God chooses who he wills we don't get to choose right. you know God chooses who he wills and so um that that just from that birth of that that tugging for me from a young age um, I knew that there was something bigger, even if nobody talked about it. And and as I got older, it became more heavy and more heavy. And a lot of times the way God shows his pre- presence is to make you so uncomfortable that you have mm-hmm. to seek him. That's right. That's right. You know, and I was just, he had brought me down to my knees, down to the point where I literally felt like I had nothing, no one, and, and nothing else to call to because it was just like that's the only way. He knows us. That's the only way he can get my attention. Mm-hmm. And um, and and he he did. And when he did, I just never stopped looking. And um, you know, I'm American, so the you know the biggest uh, religion here is is Christianity. And mm-hmm. so I said, well, okay, I'll go to church. You know. Mm-hmm. And so I got up and I just started going to church. But um, I'm I'm a huge thinker. Um, and so just going someplace, I, I challenge everything I do. Right. I question everything I do. Why? Yes. That's the reason why I'm able to evolve because I challenge myself. Right? Yes. And so, and I said, why am I going to church? I get up, it feels good. Right. But what, what am I doing? Right. Right. And I started to question, you know, I, and I started to read. And, um, as I read through the Bible, many of the things that we were doing in church, just, it had nothing to do with what was in the Bible. With the word. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so I began to dig and I began and, and it's not like I'm one of those people who's just like oh I'm just going to do this and do that like I'm very intentional and so um, I started to be, I took a Bible class and um, I read through the Bible and, and certain things just didn't quite line up and so I started to do more of a search um, you know and really question like who's the author of the Bible what is the Bible you know mm-hmm. like questions people legit don't ask themselves yeah and yep. as I did, I learned a lot of stuff about history, um, and so I began to search more and what was alignment with Abraham, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what was in alignment with Adam. And, and, and that one thing that was echoed across every other person leading up to where things kind of got a little sticky was there is only one God. Mm-hmm. And that uh, message was consistent in Islam. Right. And so I made a really tough and scary decision um, to, to convert. And so many people don't know that Muslims do believe in Jesus Christ. We mm-hmm. do believe that he's going to come back. We do believe that he's going to be the only person who can kill the Antichrist. Like, we do believe that he is in heaven, you know, like with God. You know, mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. don't believe that God has any associations, partners, or children. Right, 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 right. And, and I, we definitely don't believe that someone who was born into this world is a God. That's blasphemy. Right. And so would it be would be to any other of any other messaging that has gone even in the Bible. So I made the tough decision. It was a little rocky uh, in the beginning because (laughs) some people just was like, 
like, <laughs> you know, especially some of the people who were close to me. Um, however, as I've continued, and I think with anything that you're doing that is positive, you know, like, we're not terrorists, we're not extremists, that's not Islam. You know, right. when, when people take the stereotypes and the things, that's like white people, right? Mm-hmm. Before they really got the chance to know a black person, they probably would believe that whatever horrible things that other white people said about black people. Right. Or and what so they've the seen on TV yes. as a stereotype. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what's been publicized to us. Mm-hmm. And so seeing with my with my friends, um, as they got to see, like, Kim is still Kim. You know, she's super disciplined now. And this is having a positive reaction, um, a positive um, effect right. on her they started to come around and just ask questions and, you know, not in a way of, hey, I'm trying to make you believe what I believe, but just understanding what it is that I believe, right. why I believe, and, um, you know, and just respecting it and respecting the, the minor differences that we have in views. And so, yeah, so that's been my journey. I, th- I think that's that's extremely important. I mean, it was probably about 15, 15 or so years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually considered converting as well. I don't talk about it often, but my ex-husband was Muslim. Okay. And I'm a Christian, so I would go to church. And when we got married, part of the deal was that I would consider it. <laughs> right. And, and and I did. And at the time, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I did the full research. And I don't think at the time I even knew who I was as a person to even yeah. make that make decision. That decision. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I want to know how you share your financial or your journey um, of financial freedom and how you use that to empower other women. Um, so one of the things that I'm really big on is truly showing a real process. So many times online, you see like, it'll be this post and we all know them. It's like this big old house and this person will share absolutely nothing. And it's like, boom, big house. Right. And then it's mm-hmm. like, then they list all the things they used to go through. Right. Right. But rarely do you see someone who is courageous enough to tell you, Hey, my credit is really, really bad right now, but mm-hmm. I'm in the process of fixing it. I will let you guys know in 60 days what the score is. Right. People always want to tell you the victory story. Right. But they never want to show the vulnerability when they're actually vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's easy for you to share now. You got it all together. And you say, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've done that. But how strong do you have to be to share, hey, you know, I'm not balling out of control, but I'm on my journey. And one day you guys are going to see this. And I want you to watch me piece together. And, and get a real inside look of what that looks like and what it takes and what's required. Like, I literally update people on, like, what I'm doing to run a household. The smallest, simplest of details. Um, and the reason why I do that is because it is the details that get you to success. That's There's right. not one major thing that you're going to do. It's going to be the day in and day out. Mm-hmm. minor sacrifices mm-hmm. that you make consistently. Yes. And so I show them that. I show them um, also being practical. That it, if you if you are into, you know, spending all your money on expensive things, awesome, great, right? Mm-hmm. However, I show people that to really dig deeper because I do challenge and I do question, but why? Why? Mm-hmm. 
you know, if you don't have any money in your savings account, if you got fired tomorrow, your business went down the drain tomorrow, then what? With that, you know, purse or those shoes or that, any of that stuff make an impact in saving you and your family. No. So what I like to teach people is real practical building. You know, forget all the glitz, the glam, and the fluff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk mm-hmm. real life. Let's talk about all the daily heroes that live in a regular home. Mm-hmm. That's not all pumped up, but they work their butts off, and all of their stuff is 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 paid on time. Not everybody is this ultra super entrepreneur who's like living this lavish baller alert type <laughs> life. You know, yep, yep. there are everyday real superhero moms that work a good job. Right. And are taking care of their family and they're cooking and they're helping with science projects. And, you know, maybe they hit a couple setbacks and then they look and they see somebody like me and they're like, huh, I've been so afraid to even touch this area of my life. But if she can, I will, too. That's right. I'm going to peel back this layer. I'm going to open this closet and I'm going to clean it out, theoretically speaking. Yeah. And so I like to show because the masses are not these, you know, glamorous you know, made over lives, it's your everyday people that I want to touch. Yes. That, that's the people who I want to impact because I know those are the people who are going to be doing the work to impact mm-hmm. other people on, on a smaller scale. You know, you put together an army. You don't go get three people to go do what you do. You go to the regular, average, everyday people and you impact their lives and they will show other people too. That's right. I love it. That's beautiful. So I like to end the show with something I call walk in wisdom and Mm -hmm. based on time, we'll probably only be able to get one of them in. So I'm going to ask you to name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. It could be, you know, time, energy, money, but what, what name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. The most worthwhile investment I've ever made is in my own self. Beautiful. Um, And the reason why I say that is because, and I'll give you a a visual, right? You are the teacup, and everything that everyone else gets from you should be coming from out of the saucer, Mm. right? And I heard someone say that, and I thought, oh, God, so what if your cup is empty? Right. You can't pour from an empty cup. No, no, Mm. you cannot. And so the best investment, the most wise investment that I've ever made is in myself because I know out of me, if I pour into me, that I can then pour into others. And so I always make sure that I have money to invest in me, whether that's in education, whether that's in spiritual growth, um, whether that's just in self-care. Yes. I make sure that I always invest time into myself, love into myself, finances in myself to make sure that I am the person who I need to be. Everything yes. starts with self. Very and much so. If you aren't pouring into your own self first and taking care of you first, it's not going to be but so valuable that you're going to be able to be to other people to serve. We definitely need to record <laughs> another you. show because I feel like I have so many other questions I need to ask you because right now you were just speaking my life. 
<laughs> so I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate you. My hope is to urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And until next time, download the Awaka My Stilettos app and subscribe to our newsletter at awakenmystilettos.com. Thank you so much, Kim. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>